ago, the press and the pundits had declared this candidacy dead. And we are very much alive. It's alive, it's alive, it's alive. <laughs> oh, that's so mean, Desi Doyen. <laughs> that's why. I got a feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. In Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX. Hope you guys are doing okay. Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. And yes, we stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, Wow, an amazing day. First off, let me note uh, that uh, I'm here at our flagship station, KPFK, in L.A., and they are breaking away from their uh, usual fun drive, the fun drive that they are in right now. And I know the folks here at KPFK could use some money. So please, uh, to thank them for allowing me to step in amidst the most critical election in the history of our nation to let you know what's going on in L.A. And to hear from you, I would love to hear from callers around the country as well as right here in L.A. with all of the uh, voting problems that seem to be going on uh, at 818-985-5735 shortly. Um, But you can use that same phone number and uh, drop a few dimes in the bucket here at KPFK uh, to become a sustaining uh, member. Uh, for any amount you want, month after month, it'll all be taken care of for you, uh, just as a way of saying thanks to the station to allow me to come on in and uh, bring you up to date with everything that's going on, and there is a lot going on. So that number, to both reach me in a little bit, I want to hear from folks who have voted, who have had problems voting, who are concerned about voting, who have questions about voting here in Southern California, where we have a brand new system that's causing all kinds of problems, and in the other 14 states out there also voting on Super Tuesday. 
You can reach me at 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. You can have a choice to either talk to me or uh, to the uh, fundraising folks and help us out a little bit to stay on your public airwaves. Uh, We have a lot to catch up before we even get that far, however. On Friday, right after we got off the air, a three-judge panel led by two George W. Bush appointees at a federal U.S. Court of Appeal, dismissed the case filed by the U.S. House of Representatives attempting to enforce their congressional subpoena of Trump's former White House counsel, Don McGahn, who was a witness to Donald Trump attempting to kill the Robert Mueller special counsel probe. Uh, the uh, the two Bush judges decided to throw out that case, saying that, uh, oh, it's not the uh, place of the judiciary to get in the middle of uh, Congress and the executive branch. That case is likely to be reheard by the entire Court of Appeals on appeal uh, before undoubtedly making its way to the stolen Republican majority on the U.S. Supreme Court. Former federal prosecutor Ellie Hong uh Honig, I'm sorry, uh, describes the ruling as, quote, a constitutional earthquake and warns that the decision will fundamentally shift the ground beneath our system of checks and balances. It will tilt the legal terrain against Congress in favor of not just the Trump administration for now, but the presidency itself. The ruling, if it stands, he writes, essentially guts Congress's ability to conduct any oversight of the executive branch now and in the future. If it stands, Honig writes, Congress no longer holds any meaningful subpoena power towards the executive branch anytime the White House or the Justice Department or the State Department or the other executive branch agencies, anytime they receive a subpoena from Congress, the executive branch agency, he writes, can laugh can put the subpoena in a shredder and toss the tiny pieces into the garbage. And the courts, following the lead of the McGahn Court of Appeals, will shrug and say, hey, nothing we can do about it. So we can only hope that the full court takes on this case on bonk and overturns the three-judge panel, uh, which decided the case two to one with the Republican appointees favoring the judicial branch staying uh, out of conflicts between the legislative and executive branches of government altogether. It is a huge story. Normally, we could easily devote an entire show to that. Also on Friday night, a federal court blocked Trump's policy that forces immigrants seeking asylum to go and wait in Mexico until their case can be heard. That policy was blocked. That seemed to be good news. That victory for immigrants' rights advocates, however, was short-lived as an appeals court Shortly thereafter, and uh, it might have been within the hour, as I recall, um, after that ruling came out, a court of appeals unblocked the administration's policy for now. Also, Trump loyalist and Texas Congressman John Ratcliffe was nominated for the second time by Donald Trump to become his new director of national intelligence. Despite Ratcliffe's lack of intelligence experience, he has none he lied on his resume. He, uh, as a prosecutor, he's uh, been rejected by Republican senators last year when Trump tried to nominate him the first time. The nomination is believed likely, uh, the second nomination, uh, likely to give Trump's newly similarly unqualified loyalist 
uh, Richard Grinnell, recently appointed as acting DNI, uh, the ability to stay in that acting role for much longer as Ratcliffe's nomination will undoubtedly be held up in the U.S. Senate by Republicans and Democrats alike. So Radcliffe is held up. Grinnell gets to stay in no matter how much of a political operative with no intelligence experience at all uh, he has. He gets to stay in control of the nation's 17 intelligence agencies, the top intelligence post. The um, also. The administration announced that the U.S. and the Taliban were signing a peace deal to remove all troops from America's longest war in Afghanistan. But Congresswoman, California Congresswoman Barbara Lee, the only member of Congress in either the House or Senate to vote against the 2001 authorization to use military force in Afghanistan because she correctly feared it was an open-ended blank check to carry on forever war, Everywhere, she issued a statement excoriating the new treaty, saying after nearly two decades of endless war, it's become clear there is no military solution to the conflict in Afghanistan, but this so-called peace deal is anything but. She says it leaves thousands of troops in Afghanistan and lacks the critical investment in peace building, human-centered development or governance reform uh, needed to rebuild Afghan society Uh, She says this is a step forward as we work to stop endless war, but there's still a long way to go. She says we must repeal the 2001 and 2002 authorizations for use of military force and have Congress reassert our constitutional duty over war and peace. And with that, by the way, I would point you to bradblog.com, where Richard Hayes Phillips last week wrote a fantastic article on the history of the War Powers Act and how presidents have... Piece by piece, bit by bit, been eroding it uh, and uh, essentially ignoring it. You can see that at bradblog.com. You should read that from historian Richard Hayes Phillips to have some idea what's going on. I'd love to go in detail, but we can't because we've got so much to cover, including over the weekend, the first two U.S. deaths from the coronavirus occurred over the weekend in Washington state. Four more were announced on Monday for a total of six deaths now as of this hour with a cluster of cases in King County, Washington uh, and uh, in and near Seattle uh, and new cases being reported in New York, Chicago, Florida, Arizona and elsewhere as the virus continues to spread across the U.S. with some two dozen new cases announced over the weekend despite Trump's repeated misinformation to the contrary. He also instituted new travel restrictions from Iran, Italy, and South Korea, uh, implemented by the administration in response to all of this. And on Monday, the Supreme Court of the United States, that's that stolen Supreme Court I mentioned, agreed to hear the Republican and uh, Donald Trump administration challenge to Obamacare that would, if successful, strike down the landmark health care law in its entirety, leaving uh, tens of millions without a way to afford health insurance and allowing insurance companies once again to deny coverage to anyone they like for whatever reason they like, particularly those with pre-existing conditions. Every single one of those stories, Desi Doyen, 
and many others are worth dedicating an entire broadcast to, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Yes, this is true. But unfortunately, we don't have that kind of time. We don't. We don't. Uh, literally and figuratively, I'm afraid. Uh, we are going to uh, pretty much have to ignore all of them as we keep our eyes, frankly, on the last firewall to prevent this country from falling into full-on authoritarianism. And that would be the 2020 presidential election that is happening right now. People are voting in 14 different states as we go to air today. If America gets that right, the 2020 presidential election, we can try to begin fixing all of those disasters that I just ran through and healing all of the damages wrought by this administration. Um so in my opinion right now, nothing is more important than this election. And to that end, voters in Alabama, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia are all voting on Tuesday with about one quarter of the total Democratic delegates available this year at stake in just this one day. And uh, we have been reporting on a lot of problems and concerns in the lead up to Super Tuesday at polling places, particularly in California, particularly specifically here in L.A. County, where the registrar has installed an all new 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting system for the first time. Um, but we have been uh, covering those problems and problems elsewhere around the country as well. So I want to open up the phone lines uh, both today and tomorrow, if possible, to folks who may have voted early out here in California or anywhere else who may be listening live today to our stream on KPFK.org. Uh, how did it go? Any problems? Any questions about your new voting systems uh, here in L.A. and elsewhere that are being used in many states and counties? Uh, but as I say, particularly right here in the nation's largest voting jurisdiction, L.A. County, uh, where those new unverifiable touchscreens and electronic poll books are being forced upon uh, uh, five and a half million voters at a thousand voting centers rather than the 5000 community precincts that we have uh, had for decades. Got questions or concerns about that new system? I'd love to answer them for you if I can. Want to let us know how well or not your voting experience has gone so far? I would love to hear from you at 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. These new unverifiable touchscreens that we're using in L.A., similar systems will also be used on Super Tuesday, uh, are being used in Texas, uh, North, Car North Carolina, uh, in uh, both of those states' largest and most diverse precincts on Super Tuesday. And they are 100% unverifiable. That is, if they are working at all. Uh, and they weren't in a lot of jurisdictions uh, during early voting so far here in Los Angeles. Uh, have you already tried to vote in early voting and you had problems? Give me a call. Love to hear from you. 818-985-5735. And by the way, hey, how do you feel about touching those germy touchscreen voting systems that have been used by hundreds of others in the middle of a global pandemic? We have been uh, reporting on problems during early voting here in L.A. over the past week, and I've got some more news and some more reports from over the weekend today, including my own findings that poll workers in L.A. have now been instructed by the Registrar Recorder County Clerk Dean Logan to not speak to the media. 
which is the first time that I have found that in all of my years covering elections and speaking with poll workers out here in L.A. and elsewhere. Uh, That I learned at the Hollywood Bowl Voting Center on Sunday, which was shut down on Saturday on its first day because they could not get the equipment set up. Uh, That uh, voting center joined a uh, a similar uh, list of uh, similar voting centers around the county who had problems with their equipment since early voting began in some of them about a week or so ago. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. But before we get to Super Tuesday concerns and problems... Uh, and I'll help you. I'll answer any questions I can. Would love to hear from you. Uh, there was a big election on Saturday you may have heard about in South Carolina. There, too, there were reported problems with voters being able to cast their vote on that state's all-new 100% unverifiable touchscreen computer ballot marking devices, or BMDs, being used statewide for the first time in this critical election. Theirs are made by a company named ES&S, company which has been failing American elections for decades now. Columbia, South Carolina's CBS affiliate WLTX News 19 reported a number of what they described as reported problems uh, at some polling precincts in the state. On the day of the big primary on Saturday, some people told News 19 that they had trouble with the machines, with ballots, with long lines. Some said that the voting machines were not working. At least one in at least one precinct, people were being asked to put their paper ballots in a drawer under the machine so that a poll worker could later scan them in because the scanners weren't working. Well, that's comforting. So you to use these systems, it's a touchscreen system. It prints out a paper ballot that may or may not reflect uh, what you're interested, the candidates you're interested in. And then another computer, a third, actually, because the first one was used to sign you in an electronic poll book. The third one is then used to scan those uh, ballots at some point, correctly or not. Who knows? Uh, That said, I've received some reporting that the touchscreen voting system failures uh, in South Carolina may have been wider than originally reported. So we will keep all keep our eyes on that as it develops. And as I always try to caution uh, many problems that occurred on Election Day in particular. Uh, don't necessarily come to light, uh, full light at least, until days or weeks or months, occasionally years after an election. But I do expect to hear more about some of the reported problems coming out of South Carolina, which have not uh, come fully public yet. Uh, But those systems in South Carolina that uh, seem to have failed in some places are set to be used in North Carolina on Super Tuesday in Mecklenburg County, the Tar Heel State's largest and most diverse county. It's home to Charlotte. Uh, So whatever happened in South Carolina may not stay in South Carolina, uh, where they rolled out these new machines uh, that, uh, like the old ones they used in South Carolina, force uh, voters to cast their ballot on a touchscreen. Um. As to who reportedly won and lost in South Carolina on Saturday, at least according to the machines, to the computers, which we will never know if they actually recorded voter intent, you know, accurately or not because of the way these systems are designed. Um, well, the LA, the uh, New York Times, I'm sorry, described it this way this weekend. Joe Biden scored a decisive victory in the South Carolina primary on Saturday, reviving his listing campaign and establishing himself as the leading contender to slow Bernie Sanders down. 
as the turbulent Democratic race turns to a slew of coast-to-coast contests on Tuesday, propelled by an outpouring of support from South Carolina's African-American voters. Biden easily overcame a late effort by uh, Sanders to stage an upset. The victory in the state is uh, seen as uh, Biden's firewall uh, vaults the former vice president into Super Tuesday as the clear alternative to Bernie Sanders for establishment aligned Democrats. Former vice, the former vice president captured just under 50 percent of the vote, well ahead of Sanders, who had 20 percent reportedly. That's a bit of a reversal from the Nevada caucuses just one week earlier, where it was Sanders who won more than twice as many votes as his nearest competitor. Biden did that himself on Saturday in South Carolina, according to the reported results, as I say. Tom Steyer, the California billionaire, he came in a distant third, followed by Pete Buttigieg and Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts. The victory allowed Biden to significantly narrow Sanders' pledged delegate lead, uh, but he had, but he did not overtake him with that win in South Carolina. On that score, while Biden won 39 delegates from the Palmetto State. Sanders won 15 there and no other candidates qualified to win any. No other candidates got more than 15 percent. So that puts Sanders lead of 60 national delegates now just ahead of Joe Biden's 54 national delegates, followed by Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, with eight, uh, Pete Buttigieg with 26, Warren with eight, and Amy Klobuchar with seven in the popular vote count in South Carolina after Sanders' uh, distant second-place finish. Uh, as noted, it was Tom Steyer who had gone all in on both Nevada and South Carolina, spending about a quarter of a billion dollars for this distant third-place finish, followed by Buttigieg and then Warren and Klobuchar and Tulsi Gabbard receiving just uh, just over 1% of the vote. Billionaire Mike Bloomberg, who is outspending even billionaire Tom Steyer by about five times more, he was not on the ballot in South Carolina or any of the first four early voting states. He will be on the ballot on Super Tuesday, however, uh, for what certainly should be a make-or-break moment for the former Republican mayor of uh, New York City turned presidential candidate. Steyer, in fact, announced that he was dropping out of the race on Saturday night after the results uh, began coming in. Former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg on Sunday announced that he is also now dropping out of the hunt. And on Monday, it was centrist Minnesota Senator Klobuchar turn. uh, It was her turn to bow out. She was the only one of the three initially to immediately endorse someone else, tossing her support to similarly centrist Joe Biden uh, before Super Tuesday's key elections in 14 states. But a few hours later on Monday, Buttigieg also jumped on the Biden bandwagon, announcing his plan now to support the former vice president as well in a consolidation of the centrist Democrats to take on Sanders before Super Tuesday, though don't count out Elizabeth Warren just yet. She's still in the race, uh, and her poll numbers, while not close to Bernie's, are actually pretty good in uh, the big, huge, delegate-rich state of California. But with all of those uh, candidates dropping out, uh, were you one of the folks who I had begged, begged, pleaded, Show after show, week after week, month after month to not vote early this year for a number of reasons. Among them, the fact that South Carolina was just three days 
before Super Tuesday and that that would mean there would likely be candidates dropping out after South Carolina. Did you listen to my warning? Or did you throw away your vote on someone who's no longer in the race at all? If so, I'd love to hear from you as well. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, I've got a number of problem uh, reports myself from out here in L.A. at the voting centers uh, around the county. But I would love to hear from you if you had any problems. 818-985-5735. Let's take a quick break here. I know the phones are already filling up. We will come back with that news, your calls, and whatever other nightmares come our way. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the world-famous Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. California, here I come, right back where I started from. Yeah. Welcome back. It's the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, taking your calls at 818-985-5735. We are live today on KPFK, taking a short break, ducking out of our flagship stations. Uh, fun drive to uh, get you up to date with a lot of news, particularly on the Super Tuesday election at this point, uh, where folks are already voting all over the country. Uh, yeah, I did. I warned you on this show countless times. Uh, voting in the uh, early in the Super Tuesday primary was nuts for several, several reasons, uh, but especially now, as I was noting, that there were going to be people dropping out. So if you voted for Tom Stiers or Pete Buttigieg or uh, Amy Klobuchar, they are all now out of the race, and there are no do-overs, unfortunately, though I suspect a number of voters might descend upon voting centers here in L.A. and polling places elsewhere to see if they can cancel their vote and try again to vote for someone who's actually still in the race. Unfortunately, that is not possible. So to all of those who uh, election officials had been encouraging to vote early, Shame on you, election officials, for doing that. Uh, I apologize to you on behalf of them, since they probably won't. But frankly, that may be the least of the problems for election officials and voters on Tuesday in Los Angeles, uh, given the extraordinary number of problems that we've seen with these new voting centers even opening up at all. Thanks to equipment problems around the county, which has kept these uh, uh, voting centers from opening. Uh, the one out here, uh, Hollywood Bowl, I uh, reported on Saturday, was shut down after just an hour or two of voting due to problems with the brand new touchscreen computer voting systems. Uh, I confirmed that on Sunday myself that, yes, it had been shut down, and that is just one of dozens around the county that have had problems during early voting uh, being able to open up. Let me go to take some of your calls, get some of your experience and some of your questions, if you have any, for me on voting in California or anywhere else. I'd be happy to answer your questions about these new systems as well as I can. Let me go to Arturo in Los Angeles. Hey, Arturo, welcome to the broadcast, sir. 
Hi, Brad. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I just want to report uh, my experience at the uh, voting center in the city of uh, near Santa Fe Springs area. Okay, how'd it go? Uh, I actually had a, yeah, it actually had a pretty good experience. It was very accessible, very smooth. Mm-hmm. The, um, there was only one person there, mm-hmm. but I was told by the the very helpful staff or volunteers that they did experience some um, problems in the setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my personal experience, it went really great. Good. Uh, do you have confidence that your vote will be uh, counted as cast, Arturo? Yes, definitely, because my um, my support, uh, my candidate's still in the race, so I'm very happy about that. Your your oh, your candidate's still in the race, but what about the idea that your vote will be counted uh, not uh, the the person you actually voted for, but a barcode, a QR code representation that printed out on your ballot that that is what will be counted rather than what you tried to verify in human readable language? Do you have any concerns about that? Yeah, you you make a great point. It definitely was not um, in, like the old with the uh, finger, I mean, with the pencils and all, or the mm-hmm. voting booth, the traditional voting booth, but um, it seems like uh, if the work gets scanned onto that, this third um, panel computer, and it gets registered automatically, so you're right, I mean, uh, I never thought about that, I never thought whether there'll be a, a, a final impact, or if my vote will definitely get read, but the experience, the user experience itself was pretty smooth. That, 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 right. that, that I can say about it. Very good. Glad to hear that much, at least, Arturo. I appreciate uh, you calling in. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let's go to uh, Alyssa in South L.A. Oh, nope, we lost Alyssa. Please call back, Alyssa. Oh, no. I had the wrong my my see see what happens when you use computers for mission critical elections. Now I got it right. Hey, Alyssa, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? Because I'm on Bluetooth. I can hear you just fine. Wonderful. Um, okay, I don't know how well this will work or not work, but I feel there is a way to sort of verify who we voted for and have our own receipt, if you will. At the end, because I did vote in Norwalk um, uh, last week, mm-hmm. um, and when I was done voting, you can review your vote, and it'll show you all the candidates you voted for. Mm-hmm. Well, you can take a picture with your cell phone of who you voted for, top to bottom, and if there's maybe any irregularities or problems, maybe there's a way with our pictures on our cell phones that we can prove who we voted for. Maybe that's just sort of a second Yeah, no, that won't work. That won't work, Alyssa. And here's the reason why. Uh, We have secret ballots, So, uh, in theory. So as soon as you uh, cast your ballot, it goes away. It can't be tied back to you. There's no way to know. Uh, whether that ballot actually reflects the way you wished to vote. That's the important reason. That's why I'm always pointing out the the necessity of hand-marked paper ballots, because when you mark in, when you fill in an oval on a ballot, as with a vote-by-mail ballot, for example, uh, we know that you have verified that because your hand actually filled that in. And if there's any question about it after the election, we can go back and we can count those hand-marked paper ballots. The fact that they're computer marked uh, with these touchscreen systems mean that you may or may not have noticed whether the computer actually, uh, you know, counted your vote for who you wanted it to be counted for. In fact, a recent study about uh, about a month ago from University of Michigan 
found that on this very type of system that is being used today in in uh, uh, L.A. County and in states like Texas and North Carolina, on those very systems, 93 percent of voters did not notice when the computer flipped one of their votes. Are you confident that, uh, Alyssa, that the voter that the computer did not flip one of your votes? Did you read it carefully before you submitted it? Well, I just I just verified everything on the screen, um, and it did indicate how I voted, like when it said to you know to verify your vote before you hit submit. Um, did you did you verify it on the on the paper? No, just what what it said on the screen. But you know, there's no telling that something internally in the computer could still mess it up. So I, I get that um, there is a choice to vote by paper. I was kind of in too much of a hurry to vote by by paper, but you know what? Um, after speaking with you right now and mm-hmm. realizing that, you know, there's internal issues that can go on with the computer in spite of what it's showing you on the screen, who you voted for before you hit submit, I think in a presidential election, I'm going to vote by paper. Well, let me give you this further bad news, Alyssa. Um, sorry. I guess that's my job to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, one, uh, yeah, the computer can mess it up internally, but those computers don't actually count the vote. They're actually going to use a different computer to count that paper ballot, which it sounds like you did not review. So it may have showed you one thing on the screen. It may have printed something else out on that piece of paper. Uh, you may have lost your vote, uh, unfortunately. Most people do not review their papers, and of those who do, as I said, most don't notice when the computer has flipped their vote. The paper option at the precinct, and there is one because uh, Secretary of State Padilla ordered it out of concerns about these systems. It's a write-in paper ballot where you have to know the names of the office uh, that you're voting for and the candidate that you want to write in. You have to write in both of those. So that's already difficult unless you have your sample ballot with you. But here's the other problem. Uh, and I've had this confirmed by uh, two, two separate folks now, uh, one who works at the county. Unfortunately, I can't get the uh, registrar, recorder, county clerk, Dean Logan, to confirm it because he doesn't speak to me anymore. He won't come on this program anymore, as he used to. Uh, the bad news is those write-in paper ballots that are maybe available at the voting centers, a lot of them have not had them available but uh, reportedly, but uh, those write-in ballots are then going to be taken and remade by county officials and punched into the touchscreen anyway, even though the voter has specifically requested a hand-marked, a handwritten ballot. They're going to stick them into the uh, ballot marking device computers anyway in order to count them, Alyssa. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah I mean, it seems like um, we're being basically disenfranchised in a high-tech way, you know? Yep, that's exactly what it is, uh, which is why I uh, encourage everyone to, uh, next time for the November election, if you're in a jurisdiction like L.A. that is forcing you to vote on touchscreen voting systems, you must ask for a vote-by-mail ballot and deliver it in person uh, to the uh, to the voting center, hopefully on Election Day or as close as possible. Thanks for your call, Alyssa, and I'm, I'm sorry about that news, but this is how we learn. Thank you. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number, 818-985-5735. Let me go to uh, James in Northridge. Hey, James, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? 
perfect. I uh, I haven't voted yet, but one thing that maybe you can help me with this, that this baffles me, is this system that we had before with the little cardboard ballots mm-hmm. where you put it on the two notches and then you do the ink thing, mm-hmm. and then they take those and then they, it can be scanned by a computer at rapid-fire speed. What was wrong with that? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't get it. <laughs> well... Uh, yeah, no, I'm happy to answer that. Uh, actually, uh, there were some problems with that system uh, in that, uh, yes, it was a hand-marked paper ballot. That is good. Um, but it, it it was really old. It was decades old. And if you looked at that card that you're talking about that you slip into that booklet, um, you couldn't yeah. tell, you know, basically you're filling in bubbles. If you don't have that booklet, it's impossible by and large to be able to vote on one of those cards. You're filling in a, you know, a bubble that, you know, number bubble number 33, essentially what we need yeah. in LA is what most of the rest of the country uses, which is a ballot that has the candidates name, uh, names on the ballot. And then you select, you fill in a, a bubble or you connect an arrow, whatever it is, pointing to the candidate that you want. So you can look at that piece of paper as vote by mail voters know uh, here in L.A. this uh, this cycle that you can see, OK, I've circled this ballot. I have chosen to vote for Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or whoever it is. So. The old system wasn't perfect. It needed to be replaced. It did not need to be replaced by a $300 million boondoggle of a voting system that, A, apparently doesn't work all across the country, a uh, county uh, in many locations, and B, is 100 percent unverifiable after the election where there's no way to know if any vote actually reflects the intent of any voter. So, uh, James, I hear you. That's why we needed to replace the system. We just did it very poorly. Got it? We should go back to what they do with the purple finger in Afghanistan. Well, we could go back to the purple finger, but that has nothing to do with how people voted. That just has to do with if they voted or not. That's, uh, you know, that's about voter fraud. There are no concerns with voter fraud here. This is about being able to uh, to to record the uh, intent of the voter in such a way that the public knows that the results are accurate. And that is the type of system that we do not have now in the nation's largest voting jurisdiction, which is L.A. County. James, I got to get to some other calls. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you will get out there and vote anyway. If you haven't voted yet, uh, please do. Time's a wasting. Don't uh, forget to vote tomorrow. You can find your voting center, any voting center you can go to. You can find them all listed at lavote.net. Uh, thank you, James. Uh, let me go to, uh, is that Kiss, Kistina? Kistina in L.A., welcome to the broadcast. Kistina? Thank you, Mr. Brad. This is Kistina, and the voting systems need to be revised, and I would strongly suggest that it goes back to the right-in way that it was before, and yeah. we can see one-on-one the people coming in out of respect, casting their votes. I am not just um, here in L.A. for that reason. I, I voted in Houston, and this is going on in Texas, and it's going on in L.A. I am Christina Caldwell Dijon, one of your independent candidates for President of the United States, and I will not just sit back and let the votes be miscounted, and you will not get to see all the candidates until general election, and it's imperative to let the public know that as well. There's really no front runners until you wait till general election to have every candidate accounted for. We're still placing our names on the ballot, 
I'm the candidate that won't back out by misleading the people. I choose to wait till my name is properly on that ballot so you can truly have it the old-fashioned way. Thanks, Christina. Being a candidate that would make a difference. I appreciate that call, uh, Christina. And yes, down in Houston, they are having the exact same uh, type of systems that are 100% unverifiable. It is insane. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. We will, uh, any questions you have about the voting systems, any uh, experience you've had at the uh, voting centers, any concerns you have about them, I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-KPFK. We'll take a quick break, and we will be back with uh, more Bradcast right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome, welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com taking your calls, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, voting problems, voting concerns, as we are just days away. Uh, well, now uh, it's on us right now, but days away from the uh, Super Tuesday presidential primary, Democrats and Republicans alike have found common ground, according to the Whittier Daily News. They are raising concerns about L.A. County's new voting system, fearing that the placement of buttons on the touchscreen ballot marking device will confuse voters. And in fact, it has confused many voters who have not realized that uh, in each race, it only shows four candidates at a time. Which means, for example, in the presidential race where there's, uh, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 different candidates still on the ballot, you have to know to hit the button labeled more on your screen to see the next four candidates in the race. And you have to keep hitting it until you finally find your candidate and you have to avoid accidentally hitting the next button, which is right next to the more button, because that will bring you to the next race entirely. And you will never see all of the candidates in the race. It is madness we have warned you. We have been trying to tell folks about this for a long time. And I got to tell you, it's somewhat maddening. Uh, over the weekend, I think it was, uh, Congressman Ted Lieu realized that he's not going to be on the first page of uh, candidates uh, for the U.S. House. He's um, suddenly takes to Twitter and says, hey, this is a problem. Where were you, Congressman? Where were you, Democrats? Where were all of you people when we were yelling and screaming about these systems months and months, years and years ago, when we were sounding this alarm? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, Judy in Riverside, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind, Judy? Oh, Judy. Yes, are you there? I'm here. Are you there? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> I've already voted. Uh-huh. I've voted by mail for years. Uh-huh. But my concern is all of this 
negative information is going to discourage a lot of people and make them not want to vote. Do you think we should keep it a secret that these voting systems are no. bad? What do you think? No, but I think you should focus more on telling them what to do instead mm-hmm. of what not to do. Well, we do the show five days a week, Judy, and we, we pretty much tell we pretty much tell it like it is every day, including for months and months and months. I have been recommending what I never recommend, which is voting by mail. And right now, it's too late to vote by mail. If you haven't requested one by February 25th, uh, you can still deliver your vote by mail ballot if you have one, if you were sent one at home. Uh, But we have been telling people exactly what to do. We have been telling people to go to lavote.net and check their voter registration. We've been telling people all around the country, uh, especially around the country, because at least here in L.A. now, you can register all the way up until and on Election Day at the polling place. You can change your registration at the polling place. You don't even have to be registered. If you're not registered to vote today, you can still go in and vote uh, tonight on Tuesday, register to vote and vote in uh, uh, any party's primary you like. So we've been uh, getting that information out there, Judy, but we're not going to not tell people the problems with this voting system that, frankly, I hope is trashed before the critical uh, November 2020 presidential election. And it ain't going to happen unless people understand how bad these systems are. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm just wondering why. I mean, I mailed my ballot in. What is the problem with that? Well, you're better off dropping it uh, off in person because uh, ballots uh, tend to get lost in the mail. They can get changed in uh, in transit. So the best way to maximize your ballot, your vote uh, being counted as cast in a jurisdiction where you're forced to vote on touchscreens is to get a vote by mail ballot. That's a handmarked paper ballot. Fill it in. Drop it off in person on Election Day at the polling place. Got it? Okay. Yeah, I got it. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. I appreciate it. Um, uh, 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 our program director, uh, Kevin Fleming, is uh, here, just walked into the room. Uh, have you have you voted yet? Uh, no, Brad. Actually, I was going to vote tonight. You were? Yes, uh, I was. On the, tu- uh, you know, on the touchscreens. On the touchscreens. But I, I was thinking about something you just said about yeah. Congressman Ted Lieu and now deciding to get involved. Yeah. All of a sudden, he has skin in the game. Yeah. Yep. And it made me think about everyone. We all have skin in the game now. Now, if we don't do something ourselves, it's not going to get done for us. Yeah. This is not a movie. We can't wait for Superman to descend from the sky and yeah. save America. Yeah. This is not a, a Marvel hit here. Mm-hmm. This is our lives. Yeah. And we have people that are out there that are counting on us messing up. Yeah. They're counting on this to go wrong mm-hmm. so they can stay in control. Power's a bitch. <laughs> well, Man. and and that's why, yeah, people, you know, have this impression that there's somebody, somebody ought to do something about that. Guess who ought to do something about it? You. You, you need right. to do something about it. <laughs> Don't right. wait for someone to save you. They ain't going to save you. You're going to save you. You're going to save all of us. I've got reports here. I may be able to get to them uh, tomorrow from citizen election integrity advocates uh, around the country, but here in L.A. who have been going from voting center to voting center and saying, hey, do you guys have paper ballots? Hey, do you guys are your voting systems working? Uh, is is the voting center even open at all? 
It is up to us. There is nobody. You know, if you haven't noticed, if you haven't noticed what's going on in Washington, D.C., if you know, if you're waiting for the Department of Justice to save us here, clearly that ain't going to happen. Well, here's your choice. Yeah. I mean, you can ride around in your fancy car. You can go down to the, uh, the the coffee store and get your latte. Sounds delicious. You can watch your you know your super jumbo sixty five inch uh, HD TV uh, audio sound and sit yeah, on your great. butt. Yeah. Or yeah. you may have to take it to the streets. Mm. It may come down to that. That's it. The revolution will not be televised. You may have to take it to the streets. You don't understand what is going on here. Somebody says I can screw you and get away with it. Are you going to just take that? Are you going to stand there and, and, and let them take your rights away? I'm telling you, we're on the verge of losing our democracy. On the verge is a very nice way to put it, uh, Kevin Fleming. Uh, I would say we are in uh, serious, serious trouble. So before you hit the streets for the revolution, make sure you vote on Super Tuesday. And then we're going to fight like hell to make sure everyone can vote in a verifiable way this November uh, for the most absolutely critical election of our lives, the last firewall before full-on authoritarianism, as and I've said. And before yeah. you vote, you get educated by listening to the broadcast. Thank you, sir. The broadcast brings you information that you need to make decisions that you need to save your life. And right now, it's 818-985-5735. That's the number you call to make a decision about your future. Christopher in Los Angeles, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Uh, my concern is with the mail-in ballot. Mm -hmm. If you're not a Dem or Republican, uh, say Green or other than, filling in a candidate that may be Democrat on the write-in candidate, will that count on the mail-in ballot? Yeah, if the Democrat is listed on the ballot, if you're a, a nonpartisan voter in Los Angeles, for example, and you've asked for a you've asked for a Democratic crossover ballot. Uh, and you choose one of the Democratic candidates, yes, that will absolutely count, at least in theory. Got it? So, to let everybody know, writing in the candidate, if it is not on your party ballot, will not count. Oh, if, if you write it on a nonpartisan uh, preference ballot, is that what you're saying? For example, uh, somebody green yeah. wants to vote Democratic on the mail-in ballot, and there's a write-in ah, category. Okay. I see what you're asking. No, right. I do not believe it that will, will count. Right. You have to be right. e either registered to the party in question or ask for a crossover ballot, so-called, you know, Democratic crossover ballot. Uh, you can't get a Green Party crossover ballot. You actually have to be a Green Party uh, a, a member, which you can go in and register to be a, a Green Party member at the polling place on Election Day. But so the rules are a little different for each of the parties. But no, if you write in a candidate uh, who is not running in the primary election that you are voting in, then no, that uh, that vote won't count. All right, so to everybody out there, they need to get that crossover ballot if they're going to vote Democratic, yep. or they just have to re-register as a Democrat for their Democratic nominee. In theory, both of those should work. That's right, Christopher. Thank you. Got Very it? Good. All Thank right. You. Thank you. Uh, let me go to, do I have time? Yeah, i get a couple more in here, hopefully. Let's go to uh, Nick in Highland Park. Hey, Nick, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. I feel so bad for all the people that voted by mail or voted early. 
for a Democrat that no longer is in the race. We told them. So, what can we do? Uh, ranked choice voting, would that help? Ranked choice voting uh, would not help, in my opinion. I know why some people like ranked choice voting, voting, but the fact of the matter is, if you think we have a difficult time uh, uh, adding one plus one plus one to get our current results, just wait until you add the insane algebra, the insane math of ranked choice voting. And if you have... Uh, any questions about that, you can look to the Iowa uh, race, uh, the Iowa caucuses a few weeks ago. You can look to the Nevada caucuses a few weeks ago and see if you can understand the math that was used to come up with the winners uh, in, in those cases. It took uh, three weeks, and we finally learned uh, just, uh, I think it was Friday, that Pete Buttigieg won Iowa. We didn't know that. Aren't we so, smarter yeah. than that? Well, I think we're plenty smart but the question is, uh, you know, as a public, what can we oversee so that we don't get into a case? Listen, we are using 100 percent unverifiable touchscreens across the entire state of Georgia this year. Uh, brand new system for the first time. Georgia has been looking to flip blue for many years. If Georgia flips blue on those systems and if Georgia is the state that defeats Donald Trump because it flips blue, Trump is going to be calling for the election to be nullified because he's going to say that there's not a single vote cast in Georgia that can be verified as per voter intent. And Donald Trump will be right about that. And I will have to back Donald Trump. And I can't tell you how irritated that makes yeah, me. That's part of the game, though. What is? That's what part is? of the game, though. You know, the, he, he, you're playing. He's going to play both sides of this. Yes, that's he, part of the game. Yes, but you take away the pieces of the game I that understand. allows him to do this. I understand. Uh, thanks for that call. Uh, we we got to get out. I know there's a lot of other folks who wanted to get in here. We will be back here same time tomorrow, tomorrow doing this uh, same thing right here at KPFK Live. I hope you will join me then for that. Uh, we'll be opening up the phones uh, for your calls on Super Tuesday. Until then, I want to thank my producer, Desi Doyen. I want to thank my soundboard operator, uh, D'Angelo Jones, and all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. That is made possible by those of you who support our work by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. You can also drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. Find, follow, and share all that we do there. And that is it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.